What's going on, guys? Welcome to another episode of the Boom Boom Performance Podcast. Today, we have a very special guest, somebody that I have been requested to get on the show quite a bit, um, and they're really, really well known in the podcasting world. Today's guest is Adam Schaefer from Mind Pump Media. Mind Pump is a podcast, but now they are not just a podcast. They are a fitness media company, and they cover everything when it comes to content. And I will say that they are the trailblazers when it comes to fitness podcasting in general, but they're starting to bridge the gap in interviewing so many different people outside of the world of fitness. So these are some guys that I really look up to. There's three main hosts, and then there's, of course, the producer, Doug. Mind Pump Sal, Mind Pump Adam, and Mind Pump Justin, and of course, Mind Pump Doug. These guys came together, started a podcast when podcasting was really just a small thing, and they set the flame. They have blown it up, and they have really created a huge business out of podcasting, and it's so inspirational. It's been, they've been some guys that I've really looked up to, and some guys that I have looked to for advice and guidance when it comes to building this podcast for you guys, to be completely honest with you. I've gone down to their place down in San Jose, and they have an awesome facility. There's some awesome guys, and I was super pumped to get Adam on the show, and I'm hoping to get the other guys on here as well. Today, me and Adam cover everything when it comes to the entrepreneurial lifestyle. Like We talk fitness. We talk business. We talk life. We talk social media, marketing. We talk everything that he's been through, some things that I've been through because he quizzes me a little bit, and it's just a real-ass conversation regarding fitness entrepreneurship. But I think that anybody who is looking to improve their business, their lifestyle, balance, marketing, health, like this is a podcast for anybody who just wants to hear two guys talk about life and, and just kind of spit a lot of good information, to be honest. He, he drops a lot of knowledge bombs. He, he's been through a lot and has had a lot of business experiences owning multiple businesses and just, again blowing up the podcast industry. So I think you guys are going to take away a lot of this. I know I personally did, and I had a blast talking to Adam. So if you want to follow Adam, you can find him at Mind Pump Adam. And if you want to check out all of the things that they produce, which is quite a bit, you can go to mindpumpmedia.com. Now, before we get started, I do need to mention my sponsor, Health IQ. Guys, if you are not taking care of your life insurance, I highly suggest you do that right away. Health IQ is the fastest growing life insurance agency in the entire country, and the reason is pretty simple. They're doing something really smart, and they're targeting healthy and fit individuals. So if you are a bodybuilder, a crossfitter, a marathon runner, if you practice a paleo or vegan diet, like literally if you walk 10,000 steps a day, they're going to help save money and help you get a better life insurance policy, which is such a cool thing that they're doing. And to be honest with you, the guys that run this company are just really down-to-earth, cool guys that are practicing healthy lifestyles themselves. Like you should hear about what they have inside their building. Like it's crazy. But the point is, is they truly care about helping you and they truly care about health in general. So if you want to get a great policy on your life insurance, check out healthiq.com slash boom boom or use the promo code boom boom at healthiq.com. You can also take a test and get a free quote today, which I highly recommend. Before we get into the show, I do have one more quick announcement. Guys, if you love the content on this podcast, you are going to love my YouTube channel, which we just launched. Me and my media guy have been putting in work He has been putting in a ton of work, and I'm super appreciative of my guy because he is crushing it when it comes to pumping out these videos for you guys. We film a lot of content, and it's all regarding information you guys requested. Literally, we answer the questions that we get in our inboxes from every single social media platform regarding fitness, health, entrepreneurship, training, everything. So if you want to check out the YouTube channel, you can literally just search Boom Boom Performance on YouTube, or you can go to YouTube.com slash Boom Boom Performance, or you can click the link in the show notes because, of course... I put it in there to make it easy for you guys. Now, without any further ado, let's get on to the interview with Mind Pumps, Adam Schaefer. <laughs> I, I like your style, though. That's how I like it. The more pressure, the better I am, dude. That's how I am, dude. All right. I, you know, I feel that's – I think that's a common theme for, like – successful entrepreneurs is we have this tendency to wait to almost it's it's almost like a procrastination right like I because I know I can accomplish it so I'll get to it later and then I don't really I'm not the most productive until I'm in a corner fighting my way out and then that's when you get the best of me right so I have I figured that out myself a long time ago yeah no I'm exactly the same way and then when I mean when shit like I was telling Doug 
when I found out about that and I started deciding what we want to do with our lives and the home and all that stuff, it just gave more purpose to behind what I was doing. Like I always knew I wanted to be successful, but I didn't have like a burning desire behind it like I do now. Yeah. And I mean, shit, once I found that out, dude, it more than doubled the business just because I don't have to think twice. Wow. You know, I wanted to ask you about like uh, what's going on because I saw that you don't have your partner in the podcast. It's all you by yourself. Is How long has that been going now? Essentially, like we had the conversation multiple times. Um, I actually just did a podcast with him on Sunday. So like he's still my boy, but it's just, it's one of those things like he's trying to open a gym and he lives 45 minutes to an hour away from me now because we both moved further away from the city, yeah. opposite directions. And we just kept trying to figure out schedules and we finally sat down and I was like, dude, we got to figure this out. And he was like, man, I've been thinking about it. I think you should take it over. I think you should just, if you need to rebrand it, I get it. And I was like, dude, okay, like that's what I'm going to do. So I just flipped the script on everything. And it's been cool because I've been more motivated to, I don't know, it's not the same doing an interview by myself when it's me and somebody else's show. So it gave me like permission to really go in on the interviews, which is something I want to do because I just like talking to people, man. It's just fun. Yeah. What have you noticed? I mean, did you find it easier or more challenging? What's, what's the transition been like for you? You know, what's funny is like, it's, it's easier because everything's on my own time. I'm, I'm like really routine with my schedule. So like I was telling Doug, I just got an assistant and she just blocks out everything for me. And then I just follow the script and it's just like, okay, it's podcast time. Cool. I'm just going to record. I'm going to do this. Here's the questions. Everything's laid out for me. Um, and, and I just like, like, I don't do a big script when I interview people. I just, like I said, I love talking, man. Like I hit record and I can just go for an hour on the Q and a without stopping. And, and when it's the same thing with most people, I mean, I'm sure you get it too. You get an awkward person or socially different yeah. person, like intellect. And it's, it's a really good informational podcast, but it's kind of like hard to get them to talk the way you want them to talk and open up and shit like that. So it just kind of depends, but yeah, that takes, you know, that takes some time before, I mean, I, I, I feel like we're still, we're still getting better at that. Did you listen to the interview that I just did with uh, Aubrey Marcus? I don't know if you heard that. Yeah, one. I did. And it was funny as hell because <laughs> at the beginning when you said, like, you were like, I got kind of frustrated. I was confused because I've met Aubrey a couple times too. Um, and he, he doesn't seem like he would be that way, but I get it. He's on a mic and all that shit that's been happening lately. And uh, yeah, and I could tell when you got kind of frustrated, you were like, come on, man, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You know, we, we interviewed him, what, a year and a half, almost two years before that, and never would I have done that early on. Because, you know, when you're first kind of growing and you have, like, these big-name guys and girls that come on the show that are, you know, really smart, very successful, you know, they've been around the block longer than you have in this space, you have this kind of, like, hesitancy of you have questions you want to ask, but then you're like, fuck, I also don't want to offend my guest, where you know, we get back to our kind of zero fucks mentality. And I think that it always makes for a better interview. We just were hanging out with our buddy, Jordan Harbinger from uh, Art of Charm, who no longer is with Art of Charm anymore. And, you know, he was like, he's all, you know, I remember that transition for me. He said, but what I just try and think about is that it's not about the guests at all. In fact, it's about my audience. You know, I'm worried about one person that I'm going to offend when really I owe everything to the thousands or potentially millions, depending on how big your show is, that that's who I owe this interview to. So by me not getting after my guest or calling bullshit on stuff that I think is bullshit is really a disservice to my audience and fuck the one person that I'm worried about offending because I could potentially be turning off hundreds, actually thousands of people because I give them a lame ass interview. And that kind of clicked for me when he said that I was like, you know, you're so right. Like I'm so worried about offending this one guy. Cause I want to go in on him a little bit about, about something he said. And I don't want to, I don't want to come off rude or like a dick, but then at the same time too, I know someone else is thinking the same thing too. Like if you're listening to the show, you know who that guy is. Like, you want that question asked, you know, you want someone to do that. So trying to practice that, you know, it still is something that even after three years of us doing this, I still think I can get better at that. So I think it just comes in time. But, but and you got to do a lot of interviews too. Like, I mean, yeah. I know that I haven't even done like a fraction of what you guys have done. Um, and I already feel better about it. You know what I mean? And I, I'll listen back to one of the old ones and I'm like, fuck, dude, just cringing my <laughs> teeth because it's like, it's horrible. So that's good though that you guys, uh, you know, everything left on good terms and everything because that's something that, you know, I've, I've, I mentor a lot of other trainers that uh, I worked with years ago or that worked for me at one point. And one of the things that a lot of trainers tend to do, and I did this, I've, I've got, I've had at least 
what, five or six off the top of my head that I can think of right now that I went in, I did a lot of partnerships. And I think a lot of that was just being young in my early twenties and, you know, kind of being afraid to start something completely on my own. I've always been an entrepreneur, but I always have also almost always had a partner and, you know, it, and here I am here with four, which is crazy to me because before mind pump, I, I swore to myself like, okay, I'm, I don't need a partner anymore. I don't want to do a partner anymore. It just makes things more difficult. I'll forever do it myself. And I always had people tell me that, like I always had clients and, you know, people that mentored me and I would be like, you know, you just need to stop with the partnership thing. It's just really, really difficult to build a business with a partnership just because everyone's going to have different views and visions and goals. And it's, it's very, very rare that both of them perfectly align up or each guy contributes exactly the same amount of work. It just, is a really tough thing to do. It's amazing that Mind Pump has done what it's done with literally four partners. I, you know, after saying that, I can't believe that uh, it's worked. But these guys are pretty fucking special, dude. It's, it's rare, honestly. It rare. really is. I've had a couple bad experiences with it. And, uh, and even like Kaiza has been really good about helping me along those lines. Like, because I talk to her so often. And she, her whole entire thing started with another girl. And it was called Two Bad Bodies. And I won't get into her story. But essentially, that's exactly what happened. It just like when two best friends create a business and it just isn't perfectly aligned, like they envisioned it and it's going either one to way, or they don't see eye to eye. It can just cause really negative things to happen in that relationship. And especially when money's involved, that always gets oh yeah tricky, which was good with me and Theo is like, there was no money involved. Um, I actually just got sponsored really recently. Um, actually health IQ jumped on, they hit me up. So, um, there was never any like battle of like, who's going to make more money or who's doing more work for the money and all that. And, and I was getting a ton of leads from the podcast in general because I was the one doing online coaching. So I can never really be upset about it. That's nice that it worked out that way. Cause it does. The, I mean, the, the deeper you get into business and the more money that's being made, the, the more challenge, the more challenging it is, you know? So yeah, no, that's a, that's a great topic in itself, man. Talking about, you know, partnerships and working with other people and entrepreneurship and, you know, something too that this is the second company that I've been a, a part of that I've built from ground up to, you know, a seven figure plus company. And there's, there's a, it's a total different monster running something that big compared to building something that where you make a living for yourself. And I had proven in my early twenties to probably 30 years old that I was pretty good at that. Like, so I, I definitely have gotten to a point as an entrepreneur where I could say, okay, I could totally stop what I'm doing right now, have no idea what I'm going to do tomorrow, and I'll figure it out, you know, within a a month's time what I want to do, and then before long, I'll be able to create enough revenue to survive off of, build the substantial business to where I can make a decent income, you know, which will fall around that kind of six-figure range, right? And that, to me, has been something that it, it took time, practice, lots of businesses that I've done to get really good at that. But then scaling to seven figures, it's almost like it's a whole different game that you're playing. It's like when you're playing, playing how to build a business the, the, at that level of just like, how do I create an income, a good income for myself? It's kind of like learning the game of checkers. And then when you get to that seven figure plus, all of a sudden the game becomes chess. And it, there's so many different rules that apply to that game than the first game. And I, I've seen a lot of people that are close to me really fail at the next level because they haven't, they don't know how to make that transition from six to seven. And I'm by far no expert at it. Like, as I said, this is only the second company that I've built this large. And I'm sure if I was talking to somebody who's built a eight or a nine or a 10 figure type of business would be looking at me, telling me like, well, yeah, guess what? It's a whole different game. When you get to eight, it's a whole different game when you get to nine. Yeah. Uh, so those are, those are crazy. I was just talking to a guy who's ghostwriting right now for me, my, my book, and we were just talking about that. And he's like, fuck, dude, I want to get into that. Let's, let's talk all about what that's been like for you and what, have, what are the, some of the things that you've learned along the way. And so that's something we're currently working on because I know that we, uh, each of us have our own like, individual passions. We're all very different. And even though it's a four-way partnership, everyone kind of naturally slides into the role with Mind Pump. It's pretty neat. Yeah, it, dude, it's, I think about that all the time. Like The way it's like the stars aligned and you guys had this weird like triage of people that came together and fit perfectly. And you guys are so polar opposite, but so the same at the same time. It's, it's crazy, dude. It works really well. But something I actually wanted to ask you today was just about scaling in general, um, something that I'm going through. And, and you know, a uh, good friend, Jason Phillips, he's kind of mentoring me through this process because 
I literally have the exact same business model he does. I'm just like a few years behind him. So he's helping me kind of get through that scaling phase and hiring employees and coaches and assistants stuff is so crazy to me. And it's so different. It's so hard to overcome because I'm so used to doing everything on my own. Like, what was that process for you guys? Like, well, that's, you know, that's a, that's a monster. First of all, you know, Jason is an incredible person to be mentoring you. And so you got the right guy in your corner. I have a lot of respect for him. We hit it off big time when we met, uh, my marketing team has been discuss- talking with his marketing team and, and my, my guys are like the shit. And they were all telling me like how on point all Jason's guys are. So it's, that speaks to me when you, when you run into people like that and then all the people that talk highly of Jason, it's just a, a reflection of how, how great he is at what he does. So he is definitely a great person for you to have in your corner for sure. Cause he's, he's a badass man. Yeah. But as far as scaling, uh, from, you know, building a business to kind of where you're at to like the next level, some of the things that I found that I I had to be okay with, and this is a conversation I was just having with one of my employees the other day who I have kind of the the creative side. So not a lot of people know who, uh, Taylor is because he stays behind the scenes, but he's very, he's responsible for a lot of the imagery and, uh, the creative direction that mind pump goes. And that's why I've brought him on the team. I'm, I'm, I was impressed with him eight years ago when we met and I'm still impressed with him. But one of the things that he hasn't done is he hasn't built a, a business of this scale yet himself. He's built, you know, several small businesses and he's very good at it. And I was telling him, I said, you know, it's a different monster when you get to this next level. And, you know, time becomes really, really important and you have to learn to say no. And that's really tough to, to make these quick decisions and be okay with them. And sometimes you're going to make the wrong decision, but you, what you can't do is you can't marry your idea so much. Like when sometimes as entrepreneurs, we look at something and we're like, fuck, I've got this vision. I've got this great idea and it's going to look like this. And I want my imagery to look like that. And I'm going to do this. And then I'm going to do that. And we have it all laid out and we, boom, we start going after it and you know, we're gaining some traction and people are coming on board and we're in love with this so much because we see it working. And then what ends up happening, we kind of hit a, a, a roadblock. And for, for me, or what was the first major hurdle for this business was when you do, when you start to have, you start to have, have to, have to add people in order to continue to scale, because at one point you will just max yourself out. And then when you max yourself out, you still want to stay true to your vision, but you also got to realize you now have to work with three, four, five, or in our case now, nine employees. And every, everybody on the staff has a very, very important role to the business. And a lot of them uh, are all kind of entrepreneurs themselves. So, and have their own vision of how they want things to be done. So, you know, I was telling him because I could tell that he was kind of nagged out uh, the last like month or so. And I know why it was because there were some things that he wanted to be wanted done a certain way. And I just kind of over, uh, overrided him and said, no, we're going to do this. And sometimes I, you know, I know I can get so busy with everybody that I don't sit somebody down and really explain my whole vision. You know, I kind of oversee everything and I just, you know, Hey, we need to do this. And I make decisions because now where the business is at, uh, uh, taking two or three days longer to make a decision could potentially cost me thousands of dollars for the company. So that, that now becomes more of a priority than, oh, I want it to look a certain way or I need it to be just like this. And I like having people like him on my staff that have that mind because I'm the opposite. I'm more like fucking put it out there. I don't care what it looks like. I'll get it. It'll be better next time. Let's, but let's get moving and, that, and then we'll learn that way versus then I have these creative people that they don't want to put anything out that their hands are attached to without it being perfect, just how they want, because they they take a lot of pride in their work. So it's good to have people like that on your team, but then you also, as the leader have to be able to say, no, we're making this decision, this decision right now. So I'm sitting him down and I'm telling him this. And I said, Taylor, you know, I, I brought you here because I have so much respect for your talent and what you bring to the table, but I need you to understand something right now. And that's that the decisions that I have to make every day, are, are tough, man. And a lot of times I said, I have to compromise. In fact, more often than not, I have to compromise on what I want with what we need to do. And when I, when I look at you and I ask you for something that, Hey, what do you think about this? And you're excited to tell me like, Oh, I think we should do this. I think we should do that. 
I, I'm asking you not because I'm clueless on where to take this company. I'm asking you because I respect your opinion on whatever it is I'm talking to you about. Now, what I need you to be okay with is I need you to be comfortable with it. Sometimes I'm going to tell you no. Like, no, I need to do this, and I'm just going to ignore it, and I'm going to move on. That's not a sign of disrespect for you or that I don't think that you're not a smart, intelligent, successful man yourself. All that means is there's a bunch of other variables that I'm also thinking about that I have to make this decision, and even though I love what, you, what you're thinking, I'm also more concerned about other things that you can't even see. And so I need you to be okay with that, and I want you to challenge me. If I tell you no then get back at me and say, this is why, and explain yourself. I want to have that dialogue. And I love, uh, I don't know how, how familiar you are with like how Mark Cuban leads, but uh, he's one of, my, one of my favorite business owners and his style is very similar to my style, or my style, I should say, it's similar to his style, where I encourage everybody on the team to be very vocal about their opinions and what they want. And I, it's, I'd rather have that than this like passive aggressive attitude where you, you don't like the way things are going or you think it should be this way, but you're just going to be quiet about it. And you're going to like pout about it. Like, no, that doesn't fly with me. Like you, if you got a problem with something that you see in your department or you don't like how it's being ran or you disagree with it, I want you to step the fuck up and say something. You're not gonna get fired for that at all. In fact, I, w- I want to encourage that because together I believe we're going to find a compromise and we're going to keep moving. So I think what happens is you start to scale up and you have all these different employees that are responsible for different things. And you yourself are used to building a business by yourself. You have to learn to, to navigate these people that are different than you bottom. They'll never be just like you. Nobody will ever do every part of your business the way Cody would. And that's fucking a hard thing to, to swallow because it's your baby. It's yours. You've, you've put all the sweat and tears in. This person just came on board and they already started making money. Well, fuck, they weren't grinding with you for three years, not making money. Right. And, and now they're going to put two, their two cents in. Like that's a hard pill to swallow, but that's part of business. Like you got to be able to be okay with that, that I'm going to bring this person on board because I see what they have. I see they have talents. Now, when they start providing their talents for the business, I also got to be okay with compromising and knowing that, you know what? Let them do their thing. Let's see where it plays out and be okay with that. And then also knowing when you got to say, no, we're going this way, but also being proactive to let that person know that me telling you no or disagreeing with you isn't me mad at you. It's not personal. It's fucking business. And there's a lot of moving parts to this business. And even though I think you got a great idea and that's a great vision, it also could cost the business this much if it's the wrong decision. And we just, we're not in a position to make that call and to be wrong. I've got to, I've got to at least make something or we at least got to go a little bit forward, even if it's not the big giant step forward that you would like. So I think compromise, learning to be able to compromise, I think being direct and candid. So um, something that I'm a, I'm a big fan too of uh, Jack Welch winning. That's a great book. Uh, about being candid and being just direct and straightforward. And I learned this, this goes all the way back to like dating with girls. And it's funny that um, it, it started with that. And then I got into business and I remember reading that book and it was like totally like the light bulb went off for me. And it's amazing how much you get away with more honest and straightforward you are. And I have yet to meet somebody that is too straightforward or too radically honest. In fact, I think even the most radically honest people, like I like to think of myself as, still could be more honest. And for some reason, we don't because we're so scared or insecure or afraid to hurt the other person. But it's amazing when you, when you become that person who's like, if something's on your mind with your business or with your employees or with a relationship and you don't address it the moment you feel it, it's going to continue to fester inside you. And then what ends up happening is like this creative mind of yours starts to go wild. And then it turns into something else, anger, frustration, sadness, whatever, doubt, fear, all these things start festering around because you allowed it to. So if you have a feeling about something with your employee, with your relationship, with business, the moment you fucking feel that you've got to address it, you've got to bring it forward and have that conversation. If you don't, you're setting yourself up for failure. You're setting yourself up for letting that fester and build up and then create this big monster inside. So I think that's another really key thing that you, you, you got to learn to do. I still believe that I can be better at doing that because 
you know, there's a lot of things where I'm afraid I'm going to offend somebody. Like, I don't want to say that to them because I know they take a lot of pride, but you can even start the sentence off with that, which is, Hey, you know, I, I want to tell you how I feel, but I don't want you to take it this way because it's not that way. It's just me thinking. And I want to hear your opinion after I say this and I'll say, so I'll preface it before I say something. So people know where I'm coming from. So I think that's something that uh, is important to practice, especially when you're trying to lead a team of, you know, three, four, five, nine, ten employees. Yeah, and word for word, literally the exact conversation I had with Jason just last week and just just talking about her taking over different responsibilities. And it goes to he said the same things like, dude, nobody's gonna be Cody and you just gotta you gotta come to terms with that. Um, but it, I think it comes down to just having crucial conversations and then knowing that like if you're a good person and it's coming from a good place, there's really no harm that can be done from that. If you're a dickhead when you come forward with crucial conversations or having this communication then obviously it's going to be issue. But I think, and this is probably, you can correct me if I'm wrong, what is so helpful with what you're describing in your guys' business is that you're okay, everybody on the team is okay with having conversations and communicating what's going on. Because I know personally, like what I didn't like about being an employee in the past was just that, like not being heard and not like having my own responsibilities, not being able to take over things. And, and that caused issues with me internally. Right, right. No, and that's another, you're naming another great book right now. Crucial Conversations is an excellent book for the topic that we're talking about right now. Absolutely. It's that. Yeah, I just, I think a lot of, and, you know, being a guy who um, worked for a billion dollar company and I was responsible for a few million dollars a year in revenue and always managed a team of anywhere between 15 to 30, 30 people, you know, a lot of times my trainers just, they, they would get frustrated like that too, because, you know, company, all a new initiative comes out. They're changing the way that we present training or new prices come out or new rules come out. And there was, there, there'd be a lot of backlash, you know, and trainers would get frustrated and, ah, oh, fuck this, this is working for a company. And they get all mad and, and they would be like, you know what, I'm fucked this. I'm out of here. I'm going to go do my own thing. I watched this for years. You know, I did this for 10 years. And I remember watching trainer after trainer leave this billion dollar company to go start by themselves and completely fail. And so later on in my career, I remember telling these trainers that, listen, I know that the grass looks greener on the other side. I know you're frustrated because the company is putting out initiatives that you don't believe in, or you don't think you do it that way, but try looking at it from a different perspective than what you're looking at it right now, because there's so many other you know, intangibles that you're not thinking about that this company provides for you. For example, this company does $25 million a year in advertising. Okay. So if you've ever started your own business, getting fucking leads is one of the hardest things you'll ever do. So overlooked. So overlooked. Right. And, and trainers are sitting in this uh, popular gym where I would stand them up and I'd say, look around, you've got about 150 leads in front of you right now. The moment you walk out that door and you decide to start this fucking business of yours, you think you're going to build on your own, that disappears. Yeah. And they spent 25 million to get those people in, in just those 150 that are standing in front of you right now. And you're not even talking to none of them. So if you can't learn to master this place right here, where you got somebody pumping all this money and giving, giving you guys leads, if you can't learn to be super productive here and make a ton of forget all the fucking restrictions and the rules they're giving you. If you can't learn to navigate around those rules and still be successful in this environment, good luck because it's fucking 10 times harder doing this on your own. And you know that, right? I mean, it's a, it's a motherfucker. Yeah. Well, and I think there's a lot, like there's a lot of people who are trainers and they're not businessmen. And that's where it kind of gets screwed up because they know everything about program design, nutrition, strength, all this stuff. And then when they step out in the real world and they have to run a business, it's a completely different. Um, and I, th- I don't think people look at that part of it when they're, when they're trainers. And I know for me, when I was working underneath somebody, like, yeah, I wanted more responsibility. I wanted to have my own business. I wanted more money. But at the same time, I was studying every move he made to create what he created. Right. And that's how you end up building a business off it. And I know like one thing I would like to uh, kind of hear your take on, because you guys have mentioned it a couple of times on the podcast, um, like social media, I, I've had like family and friends in the past and they've like give you shit or they, they ask why, like, dude, you're on Instagram, you're on YouTube, Facebook, whatever it is so much. Like why? Like it's obsessed. I'm like, dude, it's, it's marketing. Like it's not for fun. Like I wasn't even on these things before, I started trying to build a business because I just didn't care. Like I was on MySpace, I think way back, but 
other than that, I didn't care. Like, how do you separate the two and make sure? Cause for a while you were like knee deep and obviously you've backed off a little bit now that you have this big platform. I feel like, um, how did you balance between like social media business and, and life? That's a man. That is a delicate balance that I am. I'm not, I have not mastered it. And uh, I think that I keep getting a little bit better at it. And part of that is just learning to, you got to respect in my, like, so you got a, you got a girl, you got a wife and soon to be a kid coming your way. And I know that a lot of the work and a lot of things and the hustle and the grind and everything that you do right now is for them. But at the same time too, you could be hurting them by, by not being present for those, those times and those moments that you're most difficult thing, man, to try to 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 figure out. It's it's extremely difficult, especially in this new world of instant gratification, instant information, and you have it in, in your hand at all times. And, you know, I know it's like to be an entrepreneur with a big vision and trying to build something. And every time your notifications go off on your phone, that could be a potential lead. That can be a potential opportunity for you how dare you not answer that, right? So that's kind of a, a really tough juggle, especially when you're growing and just starting to build. Now, for me, I'm, I'm lucky because I have an incredible partner who uh, we have incredible communication. She's completely disconnected from, she doesn't have a Facebook, she doesn't have an Instagram, she doesn't have a Twitter, she doesn't have a YouTube, she doesn't have nothing. She, wow. don't, she don't do any social media. Good for her. Yeah, and we were both a lot like that. when we. So we've been together for seven years, so... We, when we were first together, I didn't even have one. So neither one of us did. We were never really into uh, so the social media side of, of find, building a business around that. In fact, at that point when I was with, when we first got together, I had never uh, personally met somebody who had built like a significant business from social media. I've heard people, like people have told me like, oh yeah, you could, I know people that have built a Twitter and they make like a million dollars a year. And I know people, like people would say that. But I was like, I don't know anybody. I don't know a single person who had done that. And so at that time, I was like, I wasn't bought in. I was too busy building and doing the stuff that I was doing. And I wasn't ready to make this transition into this virtual world and, and social media business until I met Taylor, who works for us now. And him and I met uh, about seven years ago. And he had built a shoe business off of Twitter. And he was only like 24 years old. And it was very successful and I was super impressed by it. And we sat and I, and I was already doing my own thing and we met on the basketball court and I said, man, I'd love to grab lunch with you and just kind of bend your ear. You're the first guy I ever met that actually has done this. And he kind of laid it out for me that, you know, you're going to be doing this Adam for at least a year or two and see very little progress. And you got to be consistent. You got to be consistent. You got to keep pumping content. You got to keep adding value and eventually it'll go. Eventually it'll happen and it'll take off and you'll know when it, it you'll kind of know when it does. And then at that point you have, you have yourself a little business. And then from there, it's up to you what you do with it. And so at that moment, I turned my Instagram on and said, okay, well, let's see, let's see if I can figure this out. And a lot of what I did at the beginning was a mirroring what I saw in our space. Uh, you know, everybody loved the, the transformation and it was perfect timing for me because I'd fallen out of shape. And I was like, okay, I'm going to document my process. And that gained a lot of traction. And, you know, I, I think my page got up to like, I don't know, 15 or 20,000, somewhere around that point. And that's when uh, Justin and I were together. This was before Mind Pump. And we turn it on and we decide, okay, we're going to release our first nutrition guide. This was the, ori- the first original one we did. And I remember being so excited, like, all right, Justin, we spent all this time building this, making this. I got the following. We've got 15, 20 grand people following us. Like, let's make some money. And then we, we release it. And I, I fuck, I don't know how much we made, maybe four or 500 bucks, you know, like, you know, <laughs> you know, you divide that by two and you figure the time and money cost a bit. And I was like, holy shit, yeah. this fucking sucks. <laughs> this, <laughs> this is not what I thought it was going to be like. And at that moment, I realized that this thing is a little bit bigger monster than what I had thought when I had started. And I also kind of started to realize that the attention that I was drawing to, to my page was not the, was not the customers that I wanted. These were people that were looking at my physique because I made this transformation. It wasn't people that were necessarily asking questions for me or wanted help from me. And so that was when we started to kind of transition 
my page into more informative. And I started kind of putting edgy stuff out there and challenging some of the things that were out. And at that same time, Sal is talking to me and we're, we're friends, but we don't hang, we're not really hanging out. We're just kind of Facebook talking and he's kind of working with Doug and they're doing their own thing. And at this time I haven't even met Doug. And then Sal sends me over his on his online, uh, maps anabolic program that he has built him and Doug. And I'm like, this is fucking awesome. And this is exactly what people need to know because the complete opposite is what's being said. And then at that moment, we all got in a room together and it was complete magic afterwards. But I tell you what, man, this thing is this thing. I don't know which the original question you asked me. Cause I just went on a tangent with the whole mind pump story. What was the original thing you asked me? Just finding balance between. So oh, yeah, that's right. I was getting to that. Right. So, <laughs> you know, the beginning part was awful. I was nonstop on it, posting four times a day, doing everything I could to get some traction. We get together, mind pump starts going. We're still, now we're all pushing this way. Meanwhile, we're, uh, every one of us are talking about our wives and girls at home that are just like looking at us like no money's really coming in at this point, right? But we're all fucking buried into our phones. But they all, all of us have women that have seen all of us succeed in other businesses. So I think they all kind of had a little bit of blind faith in what we were doing and patience. And then once the business really started going, that's when it became important. I think that we all started to kind of put these boundaries in place because now that the money was there, that we could have, that everyone could afford to live off of, we didn't have to do any other jobs. This is, it's all about mind pup now or we all have, are making decent incomes now. Okay if I don't put something in place now, because obviously we all want more from where we're at. If I don't structure something now, then this could get out of control and it could eventually hurt our relationship. So we each have our own little thing that we do personally, myself, um, Katrina works till about six o'clock at night. So by seven, my phone goes up in my room and I just, uh, I, I can grind all day on it and be connected to it because to me that is work. And that is what we all do right now. But once seven o'clock hits, I take my phone up to my room, I plug it in, and then I'm done for the night. And if I couldn't get all the work done or couldn't respond to all the DMs or emails by that time, then it gets, it gets carried over tomorrow because now it becomes a priority that I spend quality time with her. And I'll tell you, I'll be the first to, to admit that I still, you know, catch myself on the phone at eight o'clock. And, but what, because I set that, boundary and because i vocalized it to her if she is if it's all of a sudden 8 8 30 and i still have been consuming you know social media she'll look at me and just kind of look at the clock and then i just know like to me that's like a reminder it's not her being a bitch about things it doesn't matter if i'm really in the middle of something it's like that's a promise that i made to myself it's a promise that i've vocalized and made uh, made to her and so i'll get up and i'll go move and put the phone away and that's done a lot for us the second thing that has done a lot for us uh, relationship wise has. Uh, and I think you've probably heard me talk about this on the show before, which is that her and I read a book every month together. And yeah. I like that a lot. Actually. It's that's bro. I tell you what, all my buddies that are married or have girls, I, you know, we've been together for seven years, man. So we're not in on our honeymoon stage at all. And we got a great relationship. We communicate well, but that piece has done so much for our life because she's very driven herself. So she's killing it in her business. She helps me in this business. Plus all the work that I do. I mean, we're, we're both kind of maniacs and real easy. We can turn into that relationship where we're both in bed working till 10, 11 o'clock at night on our computers and then fall over and go to sleep and never once really communicate together. Like we've had nights like that before and we're both aware of that. And so we made this new year's resolution last year and it was that, hey, let's together, let's, let's accomplish one book a month. That's not too much to ask. We kind of did the math on like how many hours a week would we have to dedicate to doing that to be realistic and thought that one a month was a very realistic goal. And I think we crushed it. I think we ended up doing 13 or 15. I don't remember what it was by the end of the year, but that was huge for our relationship because what would happen is just us sitting there reading together would create this crazy great conversation that pertained to whatever we were reading. And what I was, what I realized was I had a problem with being plugged in to social media and email and everything, and then completely disconnecting and then being present for my partner. And I don't know if you run into this or not, 
but it's kind of, it's, it's not as for me, at least it's not a very easy transition because I was just full blown work consuming work. I'm thinking about the, the conversation I'm typing or whatever. And then all of a sudden put the phone away and then now be genuinely in, interested in my girl's day and what's going on in our life. That's a really fucking hard transition. And it, it takes kind of time for me to wind down. And that's why I use cannabis. So a lot of times that's right when I'll end up smoking a little bit of cannabis to kind of settle down. But it's like this crazy half hour to sometimes two hours before I can really shut my brain off. And getting into a book with her helps me get there a lot faster and has done wonders for our relationships. So that's been kind of a hack that I have personally uh, figured out. And then just making sure that you're, you're setting time for the, the ones that you care about and, and sticking to that. Because if you, if you don't now, it doesn't get easier as the business grows. And right. that's, I think that's where a lot of guys, including myself, mis- get mistaken because we're in the middle of building and in your head, you're thinking like, it'll never be crazier than now because I'm building it. You know, I'm building it right now. So I got to give everything I got to, to make this work. But dude, as you get, as it gets bigger, the, the issues get bigger. The, the amount of people you got to deal with gets bigger. So you, you're not going to find more time as you, as you go on in your, in your business. So if you don't make the time now to, to carve out or make a priority for those that you love and you care about, good luck. It's going to be tough. And I, I think that a good book is irresistible that I've, you've heard me talk about probably a bunch. Yeah, really good. You know what? I, I would love to hear more science coming out on, or like a book written about this. And I always thought about this when I first read Wired to Eat. Like I would love to have a book called Wired to Work because I think that there's, there's something that goes on and, and people like us have this, something going on in our brains that it's very hard to shut off because you always have new ideas. You always have different strategies. You always have something you can do. And when you own a business, like the work is never done because there's always something more that could be done to get more leads, to market better, to build the business, to launch a new product. So to be able to shut that off, I think it takes, it takes a lot of practice. It takes shit, a lot of scheduling. I had somebody give me shit because my, my daytime or like, had uh, send an appreciation text, meditate, um, eat, go, go on a walk, like shit like that. And they're like, dude, that's pathetic. You have to put that stuff in. I'm like, well, yeah, because I won't do it because, and this stuff is so important to me that I know, like, if I don't, then I'm going to lose my mind. Right. I also feel like, you know, guys like us, um, you know, if, if I'm being completely transparent, the biggest struggle that mind pump has is it has four brilliant visionaries and, that the biggest hurdle and struggle that we deal with right now is we're never short of ideas, which is awesome. You know, it's a great, it's a great attribute to have, but it also can be crippling because sometimes we're all caught up in, in like all the visions and ideas that we lack the productivity of just accomplishing small tasks. And I think that's something that, you know, I'm trying to get better at personally is yeah, I have this great idea. Yeah, I'm th- I, my mind can just go for days on all of these possibilities. And, and where we're at now, it's, it's insane. Like, uh, I would, again, this is a conversation I'm having with another employee where I'm sitting down and going, dude, at all times, there is a potential million-dollar business within this business. Like, I can look at it, and there's, like, six different legs that, and I'll give you an example, like the apparel line. So when we started this business, we had no desire to be having an apparel line, really no, no desire whatsoever, because I personally have tried to start three apparel lines myself. Justin, I know has tried to start a couple. I don't I've know. I've tried one too. It's tough. Oh, it's a motherfucker. And especially if you're not like a, like, I'm not a clothing designer. Like I'm not a fashion guy. Like, I mean, I'm into fashion, but I'm not a fashion guy. Like I don't, I'm not that much into it that I'm staying on the trends and I'm coming out with this and I'm all about the cuts and the seams. And like, I don't give a shit about that. You need to have a lot of passion for that. If yeah. you're build an apparel line. And I didn't think that way. I thought like, Oh, I'll just, I'll make a cool thing that looks like my brand and my logo and lots of people want to wear it. And it's like, no, that doesn't work that way. And so I've learned that in my past experiences of, of starting a business. So something that we all agreed on when we started is like, we're not doing apparel. Like we agreed, we're not doing apparel. <laughs> then the business got so big that we literally had hundreds of people asking us like, Hey man, how come you guys don't have shirts? Well, I love shirts. I love shirts. So we're like, okay, let's just make some basic tees throw a brand or some sayings on it, whatever like that. And then we'll sell them. Well, you know, fast forward a couple of years and it's a, it's a little six figure business now, you know, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a little business that has now that we've built within this business. Now 
it also takes a lot of fucking time. Two different people manage it. I've got somebody who oversees all of the, all the shipping and packaging and that's a monster in itself and all the printing and all that shit. Like that's all handled and we got to pay someone to do all that. So it's not a very profitable side of business, but I do know if I had a passion for that or I had a person who had a lot of passion for that, I could put a lot of energy and focus in that and maybe drive that business up to a half a million dollars potentially a year if we really tried now or more, because I know guys that are friends of ours that they make about a million a year with a smaller audience than we have just doing apparel because they love doing that and they're really good at it, but that's not our strength. So that's a really tough thing for us to, to kind of to figure out sometimes is, you know, you look at all these things in the business that you go like, fuck, we could make more money there. And everybody kind of sees it and everyone's like, okay, let's go do that. And then we all kind of run at it. And then we let go of some other things that are extremely important to keeping the business afloat. So that's a lot of what we deal with right now is we're not short of ideas. We're not short of areas that the business can make money. It's more about becoming efficient at the, the things that we are doing well and then doing them even better. And so that was some of the best advice that was given to me in my early 20s was, someone looked at me and said, Adam, stop focusing on the things that you're not good at or you're not very passionate about. If you're not good at it and you're not passionate about it, you're never going to be that great at it. Fuck that. He says, focus on the things that you're already good at and be great. And that like sunk in so much to me and it made such a big difference going forward for business. And I try to have that attitude even at the size we are now. It's like, listen, sure, we have all these potential things, but if it's not something we're all passionate about, it's not something we're all going to kill or conquer, like, it's only going to distract us. And you got to be okay with that. It's very tough to do that. And you're like a kid in a candy store when you get to this point. Like you get to this point, you look around, you're like, oh my God, I can make money here. I can make money there. I can make money here. But everywhere where you, you have to focus now takes away from something else that you were focused on before. And a good leader can see that. And then we'll start to delegate a lot of these, these other potential things. And then you also be okay with, guess what? those people might not build it exactly the way Cody would build it. But if you want to build that and you, and you know it needs to be done, you know how valuable you are to everything else that's moving. You can't be distracted by it or so married to the way you would do it that you're constantly fighting this employee who's trying to help you out. Like, so that's, that to me is, is a, 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 something that we continue to evolve and get better at ourselves within MindPunk. Have, uh, have you ever read The One Thing? No, I have not. Oh, dude. I- you got to check that one out. It's uh, it, it literally is just breaks down everything you just talked about. It basically gives you tunnel vision on your one thing, helps you find your one thing, mm-hmm. and then how to just execute that so you're you're not a jack of all trades, master of none. Um, pretty much what you were just talking about. Right. Uh, I've read it two or three times already. I'm surprised you haven't read that yet. Definitely. No, check I that haven't. Out. Do you know who the author is? I don't know the author. Probably... Sounds familiar though. Um, shit. It's uh, I don't know who the author is Keller? off the top of my head. Yeah, I think it's yeah. Keller. Keller is it Keller Williams? Yeah, Doug said, Doug's nodding his head. Yes, like that sounds Yeah, good. dude, great book. I definitely, definitely suggest that. Um, one thing I was curious about, man, is, is why podcasting? Like what, at, Ooh, at the course. time you guys started it, I, I want to say it was pretty, because I mean, shit, dude, I was listening way fucking back. And I remember it was podcasting was still relatively new. Somebody was telling me like, oh, you got to start listening to podcasts. It's where I get all my study done now instead of read books. And I was like, dude, what the fuck is a podcast? Is that like radio? Um, and you guys jumped on the scene pretty quick. And obviously now you guys are, it's fair to say you're dominating the fitness space with podcasting. So what made you guys think like foresee that that was going to blow up? Cause it's one of the biggest mediums now. So I think that's a, a great question and it really, we, we don't get asked it a lot. And I really think that it's, it was, it's probably arguably the most important decision that we ever made. Uh, and when we made it, because first of all, like there's a great TED talk on, on this, I think, is it TED talk? I can't remember where I, where I watched this, but there's a great, I think, TED talk on, you know, they did a, they did all this research and study on like the five most impactful things for a business or the five things that are, uh, would guarantee these fortune 500 companies. I don't remember the title of the TED talk, but the, the premise of it was that the number one thing that makes a difference is timing. So businesses can have great plans, they get great ideas, great inventions, all these things like that. But timing in the market is, is the most important thing that we can do. And something that we all individually, and each of us had our own experiences uh, with podcasting. So podcasting got introduced to me almost eight, nine years ago. 
And at that time, I had no fucking idea what it was. My buddy was heavy into politics, and he uh, uh, introduced me to uh, Mark Levine. Mark Levine or Mark Levine, who's a uh, kind of... Navy SEAL dude? Uh, no, no, no. That's, you know what I am saying, Mark, I'm saying um, the wrong name. It's not, it's Mark Levine. I think it's not, you're thinking of Mark Levine, right? So, which is yeah. uh, Navy SEAL guy, Southern California. I'm thinking of the, uh, kind of radical libertarian slash, um, uh, conservative dude. And okay. my buddy, but was all into him. He turned me on to him. I'm like, what is this? He's like, Oh, it's on your phone, bro. You can listen to it for free. You download it. And I listened to a few of them. I thought, oh, that's interesting, but I never thought anything about it after that. Well, a couple of years goes by, and I'm hearing more and more about podcasts and more about, and Joe Rogan's now out, and you're starting to hear these guys are doing this. And so I'm kind of looking around at, at, at my space as far as meaning like uh, fitness and podcasting, and I don't really see anything that like catches my eye that I want to listen to. That So I don't, you know, and fast forward, we go a little bit further, and during this time, I'm seeing stuff come out on CNN and people talking about it. And I've, I've read a few articles that are talking about, you know, the future of podcasting as far as a, a marketing uh, uh, place. And I was like, okay, I, I'm really interested in where this is going. And I saw cars starting to come out with it. So it was really easy. As soon as you, you know, hooked your iPhone in, you could be listening to these podcasts. And that's how my buddy used to do it. We, that's all he ever listened to when we drove places. I used to hate it because all we listened to was talk radio all the time. <laughs> and, but I saw that it was happening. I thought, okay, there's definitely room to do this. Well, when Sal, Justin, and I all got together, even though we all had our own experiences with podcasting before that, we didn't get together and say, hey, let's do a podcast. That happened after like this dialogue. Like, we had this incredible like two hours of like, verbal diarrhea from all of us just bah, 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 talking about all the shit that uh, in our experience that we've encountered in the fitness industry and uh i didn't know this but katrina was in the house at the time she was in the kitchen just kind of mind her own business and she had recorded all of it on her um, ipad and and afterwards we all kind of said you know what we should fucking put this on a podcast and we all thought like yeah why don't we do that why don't we why don't we just put it out there Let's see how people receive it, and then we'll, we'll go from there. We all agreed that um, the, the amount of information that we wanted to provide, that we knew that there was people that wanted that. Like, we knew that because we all thought, like, man, what would we love to have when we were first getting into this industry? We're all 20 years old, love fit, because we were all very passionate about fitness. What kind of podcast would we want to listen to? And I'm like, you know what? I would love to hear fucking some intelligent guys that have been in the industry for a long time drop some fucking knowledge, but then be cool about it and enjoy it and be entertained by it. Cause I didn't want something that's strictly informative because that wouldn't keep my attention long enough. Right. And so we all kind of agreed on that and none of us had any experience doing this. We lit the mics up and just had dialogue, man. And we did, and it just, it, we knew that at that moment when we kind of did it, that, okay, if podcasting continues going the way that we were all paying attention to it, we all saw that every year, X amount more people are adding on. Oh, podcasting again this year increases by 15%. So we're seeing this growth as a medium. And we're like, okay, if we, if we can get into our space in fitness, make just somewhat of a name for ourselves, we should be able to ride this wave of podcasting. We really, and think more things were coming out with these mediums, like even like what you're seeing with Spotify and Pandora now and Stitcher, and they're all getting on board Obviously, iTunes did it first, but we saw where this was going and thought, man, if we could just make a name for ourselves, we don't got to be the best. We just got to provide content in our space that people like us would be looking for. We could really just kind of ride this wave. And, you know, when it took off, we, we got really excited. We're like, hey, you know what? Now it's really about can we just can we stay in it for the long haul? Can we build a business that's sustainable? So that in five years or 10 years from now, when everybody listens to podcasts, we are the fitness podcast. And that was really the original kind of vision. When it started to really take off and kind of where we're at now and what you're going to see with the transition is the, the ultimate goal is for us to break free of fitness, is to break out into uh, everyday listeners, people that are just average Jane and Joe's, and that is what everyone's current goal is. And it wasn't the current goal when we started. The current goal at the beginning was to just get in the space and, like you said, dominate it 
And I don't, I, I don't know if I would say I'm dominant. I think there's some guys that are doing really good things in our space. I think we're definitely one of the top fitness podcasts that are out there. I think we're, we're our own flavor, right? I don't think there's the guy, the, the five probably top podcasts that are around us. You look at like the rich roles, the Ben Greenfields, they're typically Sean Stevenson. Those are probably the three I think of that are always up there with us or ahead of us. They're so different, right? Like if yeah. you listen to rich roll, you listen to Sean Stevenson, you listen to Ben, all three great podcasts, all three in the fitness and health space, all three extremely different from us. And that's for us when we knew like, okay, this is going to be big because those guys are great. I listen to all of them. I think they're cool. They're cool dudes, but they're not the podcast that when I was 22 years old or 25 years old coming up in fitness that I'd be listening to. And so that's why I think mind pump has been so successful is we really didn't have a lot of competition, man. It was, we got in at a good time early on, we made a name for ourselves and then we continued to evolve. I mean, like you said earlier in this podcast, man, I listened back to some older episodes and I just fucking cringe, man. I go like, <laughs> Oh my God, please don't ever go back and listen to those old ones. They're, they're terrible. But that was the learning curve. I mean, we were really learn, learning how to jive with each other and when to let the other guy speak, when to intentionally interrupt. That's something that I think is funny that we get. Sometimes people don't realize uh, that when Sal and I get after each other on the show, like there's, that's thought out. Like people don't think that, like we don't actually like think about it before the show and I say, hey, I'm going to yell at you. But sometimes I'll tell Sal like, man, we kind of sound preachy the last like two weeks, dude. Like we've been just all agreeing and talking about you should do this, you should do that. And there's no controversy. So I'll intentionally look for something to debate and argue with him. Like that's something that, because I really feel like something that I don't like about other podcasts that are these one man shows that are just constantly providing information is it can become kind of preachy. It can kind of be like, this is the way it is. And I'm presenting the information. And you know that there's got to be hundreds of people that are listening that are going like, well, what about this? Or like, no, I don't know if I agree with that. So I try and I'm try to be that guy for our show all the time. And sometimes it sucks because sometimes I get the brunt of it where people think I'm an idiot or people think that I, I'm just fighting with Sal or him and I don't get along. And it's like, dude, that's, that couldn't be further from the truth. Like I, him and I agree on almost, almost everything. And I think he's a, a brilliant, brilliant man. But I also think there's a lot of people that listen that don't know him that, oh, probably think he's pompous or think that he's a know-it-all or think these things. So I want to make sure that when he says something that might be controversial or says something that somebody else might be thinking like, wait a second, I need to be that voice on our show. I need to be the one that goes, no, dude, oh, bullshit, that can't be. And a lot of times it blows up in my face that he, then he turns around and schools me and then everybody's like, oh, yeah, Adam's an idiot. Well, it's like, no, I wanted you guys to hear Sal explain that to me because I know somebody else was thinking the same thing I was and we were just going to graze over that. So there's little bits of the show I think that are magical like that. I think Justin... <laughs> has this magical ability to throw in these, you know, one-liners just when they're needed, you know, to break up a boring preachy type podcast. All of a sudden you get something super comical or with lots of color. I think that uh, it's very, very special uh, what, what has been formed over the last two years with everybody. It's pretty cool. Well, and it, it has to be entertaining, right? Like I think that's, and, I and it's funny because me and Doug were talking about this before, like since I started podcasting, I've picked up on little things like you were just talking about you guys arguing or you guys talking about a specific topic pretty frequently. And then something kind of happening weeks later that just happened to fall after that. And I pick up on that and I'm like, man, this is extremely well thought out and well put together. And I don't think a lot of people realize that they think yeah. that and it's the same thing with my Instagram. They're like, dude, you just, you just post twice a day. That's, I mean, that's the secret. Right. And I'm like, no, dude, there's, there's a reason for every fucking letter that goes into every single caption because there's things to follow it. There's reasons I'm marketing this specific way. Um, and, and it's more than just social media, right? And I think podcasting is, is double that. It, it takes a lot. Right. No, I, and I love to share this stuff. I'm an open book when it comes to the business. And, you know, I think that uh, we're, we're not the type that is competitive where we're like, oh, I don't want to share secrets or help other people. Like, oh, fuck no, dude. I, I, I'm not like that at all. And I didn't learn that way. And I appreciate people that share information with me. And you know, we're, we're constantly learning and still doing things to add value to the show. A current thing that's happening right now that, you know, we all made a personal goal of ourselves to ourselves that we would bring current events every day. Like, okay, we're trying to get to a point where we're more like a daily radio show that you're tuning into and listening to. And this is how I believe we're going to break out of the fitness space is 
I believe more current events that we cover at the intro of our show, the more like average Jane or Joe we're going to attract because we've now built ourselves as an authority in the fitness space. People respect our opinions and they like to hear us talk about other things that actually have nothing to do with fitness. So we're all kind of pushing it excuse me, in that direction of bringing current events every day. So that's something new that we're, we're doing too, that there's a lot of thought. It's just not that we make it come off as very natural conversation because we don't pre-plan it. We don't yeah. share together what we're going to say, but that's something we actively are trying to do is like, Hey, it's everyone's responsibility to bring a current event to the conversation every day. And just, we'll have dialogue and we let it happen organically. That way the, the listener can enjoy it uh, organically and the, the normal dialogue and conversation and debate that we have but it's thought it's very well thought out uh, to make a, a conscious effort to do that. Dude, it's funny that you say that. Cause now that I'm thinking about it, it's actually been the favorite, my favorite part of the show, because someone that as someone who's been in the fitness space for years, and I answer hundreds of questions every single week, via email, my podcast, all these different things. Shit. I, I feel like it's current news. Sal remembers so much shit. It blows my mind. But like, I'll, I'll talk to my fiance later on. I'm like, did you know they're cloning monkeys now? And she's like, where the fuck did you hear that? And I was like, mind pump. It's like right. my news source now, but it's dude, it's, it's extremely informative, but it's, it's just fun. Like it's, it's, I think that's the most important thing is like, you got to keep bringing people back. Cause I've tried to listen to so many podcasts that are strictly informational and I like it because it's study material, but I can only listen to so much of it. And I just feel like I go brain dead. Oh, I'm the same way. And that was something that we all agreed on. Like before we even started our podcast, um, you know, I used to listen to Lane's podcast a lot because he'd have a lot of doctors on there that, yeah. you know, and I, I'm interested in that. I'm a, but I also am smart enough to know that as I'm listening to it, I know that I'm interested in it because I'm a, I'm a trainer and I love the information that he's providing. And only because I have a love for that is why I'm tuning in. No way my sister or my mom or my cousin or some random friend of mine that's not really into health and fitness is tuning into that podcast. Like it just like that's, they're not going to be entertained whatsoever or even intrigued by the conversation, but that's, that's probably not his goal. His goal is probably just to pertain to, you know, the fitness space and other fitness minds that are really smart. I think a lot of people let their ego get in the way with that though. I think a lot of people are so want to sound so smart or want to be the authority in some, something like that, that they, they get so myopic about it that they don't see the big picture of man. Like I'm only, I'm really, I'm cutting my own nose off spite my face, right. By pigeonholing myself into this dim one small demographic of people that would only listen to that. And that was something we all agree. We did not want to make that mistake. It's like, listen, when we do this, like it isn't just about, trainers and hardcore fitness players. Sure. That's our major base, but it's also like, you know, is, is our show a show that somebody would turn on and just enjoy listening to and not feel like it's, they're going to school. But then at the same time too, walk away with it. Like, fuck man, every time I listen to their show, I hear something new, like whether it be a current event or a new piece of information or something pertaining to my health and fitness journey, even if you're not a major fitness person, but you're, you know, most people for the most part want to know, what they should be doing to be healthy or to be in better shape, even if they're not hardcore workout people. And so if we can give it to them in a, a very digestible way uh, and entertain them at the same time, I think that's how, how, it, how mind pump really breaks out into, you know, Joe Rogan and fighter and the kid type status. And I think like the number one thing people can take away from that, especially like young trainers is know your audience. Like I remember, when I first started getting into the online space and I was writing blogs about like the most scientific shit that I was studying. And my mentor was like, who do you want to hire you for coaching? And I was like explaining the average person that wanted to lose weight. And he's like, dude, they do not know what the fuck you're talking about in this blog. Great you got to write to them, like tell them why carbs aren't the enemy and they'll be way more susceptible to hiring you than you're talking about the Krebs cycle and all this crazy shit. Right. So um, no, I think that's, I think that's huge. And, uh, I, I totally respect your time, dude. I know we're coming towards an hour mark, I believe. So I want to finish with just one final question. It's a personality question I always throw out there. And I'm actually, because you read so much, I'm actually super, uh, excited to hear your answer. Mm. So you're on a flight from San Jose to Japan. It's like 13 hours. I think you're in the middle seat and you have two empty seats next to you and you can choose anybody to sit on that flight with you. They can be dead or alive, but they cannot be friends or family who is sitting next to you. Oh my God. Well, they'll, that's an actually easy question right now because I, I'm about to finish 12 rules and um, 
Sal introduced me to Jordan Peterson uh, a couple months ago, and I would inst- instantly was uh, infatuated with his information and have I have consumed. You know, I'm about to knock out his big book, uh, 12 Rules, that just dropped. I've probably watched, I don't know, 8 to 12 hours of his YouTube channel now. This guy is dropping incredible information right now. And the way he presents it is so rad. And I don't know if you're familiar with Jordan Peterson at all. or or not. But one of the things that – now, I grew up in a very religious home, so – uh, and it was all, it was uh, very hypocritical. And, and so I have my own uh, like issues with religion and how I feel about that. But I also am, I am a believer in God. I do believe that there's a higher, greater power. I just think that man has corrupted much of religion. And I looked at his YouTube and he has a whole series on the Bible and he did. And I'm, I'm reading the YouTube comments, right? This, he's got millions of views and this, he's got tens of thousands of comments underneath Uh, underneath it and i'm reading what people are saying before i watch it right and i'm fucking blown away and what i'm blown away by because in my life i've been around like church my entire life since i was seven years old all the way up in adulthood and i've never seen atheists and christian people come together on on agreement on something that's biblical i would and if you look underneath you'll see atheist and christian people commenting about how brilliant this man was and that right away like sucked me in okay i was like i gotta listen to what this guy has to say because if you can get those two types of people right fucking agree on something that's insane to me so i got on and i started listening and then i bought his book i read his book and he's a harvard psychologist and he arguably could be one of the greatest fucking philosophers of our time right now because a lot of what he talks about he doesn't speak in certainties he's he's, he speculates on some things but the way he presents it presents it is very thought-provoking so if i had you know a 14 20 hour flight somewhere that i could sit down and just pick somebody's brain and have deep conversation fucking a jordan peterson for sure right now would be be that person for me you got one more seat next to you, man. Who, who oh. else is with you? Okay, a second one? Okay, yeah. a second one. If I got Jordan Peterson, I feel like I've got, like, all the fucking deep, intelligent conversation I want. Now I want somebody sitting next to me who I think would just be a fucking blast and hilarious. So probably, like, a Kevin Hart. Like, I would want – that, that's, that's my personality, too. Like, I, I, I have this intellect side where I really enjoy that, but then I'm also just fucking funny and goofy and want to have a good time. And some like a, either a Kevin Hart or like a rock personality I would want on the other side of me. So total two different dynamics. I don't want just two intellects sitting there because then I probably that's too much for me. So half the time I'm probably going to be picking Jordan's brain and listen to him talk to me and preach to me. And then I'm going to lean over to the rock or Kevin Hart and just have a fucking good time goofing off. Dude, I love it. That's a, hey, that's a great answer to be a great flight, man. Uh, <laughs> Really appreciate you coming on the show, man. It was great catching up again. It's been a while, so um, I'm pumped to have you, man. Thank you for coming on. I, I think everybody can just find you at what? Mindpumpmedia.com is where everything's yeah, that's, at. That's the best place to go find us. We're, we're most active. I try and tell people that like uh, hear one of us get interviewed on another show. We're most active on our Instagram, so if you want to connect with us, uh, we do all do a pretty good job of answering all of our DMs and comments, so that's where we're most active. If you look for me at Facebook, you're better off going directly to the Mind Pump page. Perfect, man. Thanks again for coming on the show, brother. Right on, Cody. Thanks for your time, bro. I appreciate that. We'll do it again, okay? All right, guys. That is a wrap. I hope you enjoyed the show with Adam. I know I really enjoyed talking with him. If you enjoyed this show, you could do me a huge favor and leave me a five-star rating and review. It truly does help the show grow more than you probably realize. And when you leave me that five-star rating and review and it allows me to grow this more, it just allows me to provide more free content to you and all of the other listeners. So once again, I truly appreciate you guys being here, tuning in, and just supporting the movement. Real quick, if you want to grab any of my programs from functional muscle to the nutrition hierarchy to the individualized online coaching program, you can find all of this at boomboomperformance.com or you can just check out the links in the show notes because I include everything in there so you have more resources at the palm of your hands. Once again, guys, thank you for tuning in. I'll catch you next time.